welcome to the Friday Nightmares podcast. Recording from his basement in the wonderful area of Swartz Creek, Michigan, is your host, Scott Crawford. And with me today is... Heather Powell, coming to you from Waterdown, Ontario, uh, Canada, and in a non-horror basement, just in my really boring dining room. But I have my dog with me, so that's that's something. Yeah, gotta love having Mickey around. Yeah, McMac. <laughs> uh, we actually have uh, two special guests tonight. Our first time having any guests on our show. Let's bring in Nick. Nick Hunt. How are you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, I'm coming from my wonderful front porch in beautiful High Point, North Carolina. Nice. Um, and then we also have uh, my friend Adam Thomas. Adam, how's it going? I mean... Do you want the truth or do you want to just, yeah. oh, it's butter going, me up, baby. It's going great. I have zero complaints. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm coming from Rochester Hills, Michigan. I'm sitting in my kitchen, which is not a horror kitchen unless you count my cooking. Uh, but I'm <laughs> surrounded by a bunch of posters and autographs and everything else. So I'm, I'm relaxed, having a couple beers, just enjoying chewing the fat to uh, break up the monotony of quarantine life. Yeah, that ain't, ain't that the truth. I say I'm glad to have you guys on board, though. This is a, a first for us, and we wanted to kind of do this as like a bonus episode, because why the hell not? What else we got going on like during the week now? I um, fucking, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this will not be a uh, our typical regular show. We're just going to be kind of uh, shooting the shit, just kind of having a conversation, talk about some horror stuff, and then we're going to do a horror trivia game at the end uh, for the last half of the show. Yeah, uh, Nick, why don't you uh, tell everybody uh, some of your projects and what you got going on right now? All right. Well, uh, as I said, I'm here based in North Carolina. I am a filmmaker and a producer. Um, I was most recently attached to Hearts of Darkness, the making of the final Friday, where I was producing that with Adam Marcus and company. Um, had some family issues and a couple other projects that superseded the project, and so I had to step away from it. But a fantastic group of people, and they just finished wrapping the documentary, and so um, uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll make something really special for fans. Um, I am in the middle of prepping a creature feature um, that we are pitching as the blob meets super bad uh, nice. to people. And um, we, we just brought on Midian Crosby from The Haunting of Hill House uh, um, and a couple different Marvel projects to do the effects with us. And uh, we have some really cool stuff uh, in the works for that. And then I am also working on a charity-based fan film, um, which I never thought I would be doing. Um, I, I, by the way, it's not Friday the 13th, Halloween, or Nightmare on Elm Street related. Um, and, uh, and how can we're, we're going to try and... Fan film? How can you call I know. <laughs> I know. Wait, there's other but, types uh, of movies? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, it's going to uh, hopefully benefit Feeding America, the charity organization, and then uh, hopefully encourage people to donate plasma. And uh, yeah, we're, 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 we have a really cool um, a, uh, property from 1985. Um, that we are working on with this fan film. And uh, we, we reached out to the uh, two stars from the original 85 movie, and uh, we're just sort of throwing the dice and seeing what happens. That's awesome. I'll say it definitely sounds like you had a lot going on. 
Oh yeah, never stops. It sounds like you have a really cool life. Like, why don't we just have the rest of the podcast you telling us what you're doing? I know. (laughs) That sounds really interesting. Oh, I could, I could, I could talk forever, but you know, we got to get to that trivia game. (laughs) And I think the fact that you make movies, I, I don't think until I started becoming a podcaster and really dissecting movies i didn't have an appreciation and i still truly don't because i've never been on a set or anything like that of the work that goes into it like and the hours that it takes to make a scene like it's it's crazy like for you how many hours would you say you're out filming scenes like what is what is that life like well, for me, um, it, it's been a lot of trials and tribulations. Um, a lot of people know me from uh, from about maybe three to four years ago promoting my own feature film called Safe Place, um, which originally had uh, Gregory Blair attached and Bill Oberst Jr. And um, we basically we were misled for a substantial period of time from our financial backers. Um, and it extended to where we were even told that we could tell the public that we were going to be shooting and, uh, it never came into fruition. And so we've been, uh, stuck in development hell, I guess you could say, um, for a very substantial period of time. And, you know, it's just been basically about, you know, building more projects and keeping the focus and, uh, and keeping the positivity because, uh, in this industry, there are a lot of negative people. Um, there are a lot of shysters and there's been a lot of people that I grew up, uh, thinking were my heroes that, uh, have revealed themselves to be less than favorable characters. But, um, at the end of the day, you know, I just keep soldiering on and, uh, with, with the movie that we're, we're doing right now, it's, it's going to be, you know, really cool. And we're going to be hopefully shooting in Colorado. Um, nice. And, and taking advantage of those wonderful film incentives that they are offering. And, um, you know, just uh, it, it's a rough industry. It, it's it, it's a rough industry because you coming on out of the out of the black like I did, where I don't have the film school training, I don't have the the education behind it or the experience, but I have managed to develop a vast uh, sort of portfolio of contacts and I like, um, with the documentary for, for, for Jason goes to hell within three weeks of announcing the project, I managed to get the film covered in 18 countries and for a, for a feature length documentary, that's really unheard of. And, um, if you looked at me 20 years ago, you, you, uh, I was like, like major fat kid syndrome was like a, a giant recluse and now i'm a social butterfly and that's served me really well um people know that they can come to me and that uh i know how to promote their projects and you know i have the, the benefit of having a lot of interesting uh people in the in this industry that i know and that i can call really good friends and a lot of you know you know lesser known celebrities that you know, or, or just really good people in my life, you know? And I don't want to make this an interview session, but I'm going to ask you one more question because I find it really interesting what you're sharing. Is um, Scott and I have been trying to watch a lot more um, low-budget independent films. So I shouldn't say low-budget. Like, they're probably just working with the budget that they have. So in your perspective, what do you think horror fans should keep in mind when they're watching an independent film? Because sometimes we see fans are really hard 
on those films because I think they have no idea how much work and time and energy goes into making those films. Do you have any advice for someone when they're viewing an independent film, like something maybe that you've made or been involved in or someone else that you know, to kind of really take the most out of it? Well, you know, sort of relax yourself and open your eyes and open your mind and open your heart to something that that is completely out of the blue because, you know, you would be surprised the the special material that comes out of the indie world. Um, uh, there's a lot of people that started in the indie world that have just skyrocketed. I mean, um, as I was mentioning, Bill Oberst Jr. a moment ago, I mean, you know, you know him from things like Deadly Revisions and Circus of the Dead, but then most people don't know that he has the side where he's been on American Horror Story and he, he's been in Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Um, and so he's got, he's gotten out of that indie spectrum and he's in the mainstream in a way now just like uh, alex esso alex esso um i from starry eyes uh i had talked to for a substantial period of time regarding casting for a film and um once she got dr sleep man she was un ungettable <laughs> mm, yeah you know? um and it's one of those things it's it's you you little gems come all the time out of out of the indie world and i mean i always try and tell people this don't ever let anybody tell you that because you have never made something before that you can't now because there are first time filmmakers that win oscars all the time you know yeah absolutely thanks so much for like randomly answering those questions for me i just think it's really important that i think horror fans actually all film fans need to open up their minds a little bit and realize the kind of work that goes in so that was really interesting thank you <laughs> i learned oh, a lot absolutely. <laughs> absolutely you know it it's um it, it's it's a it's a it's like i said it's a it's a hard industry but it has a lot of benefits because i mean you know th there's people that i call really good friends that i never in a million years would have said hey you know, uh, th this person I consider a great friend of mine, you know, Richard Grieco from 21 Jump Street um, is a really good friend of mine. And I've got him several acting jobs that have just sort of he just um, got cast in a, in a uh, pretty good horror franchise because of me. And, um, you know, those relationships I, I hold really dear and I'm very protective of my contacts. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> Hey, if you ever come up to Ontario and film up in Canada, because lots of people do, you look me up. I'll be a walk-on. You don't have to pay me, Nick. I'll just show up just so I can walk on a film. <laughs> it's like my dream. Let's do it. I, I have family in Edmonton. So. Oh, well, perfect. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Adam, let's get to you. Uh, what do you got going on? <laughs> uh, other than quarantine? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, I've been drinking a lot. No, I... um. <laughs> <laughs> I I just am about to hit the two year mark on my own podcast uh, called Double Ed Double Edge Double Bill, which I do with Thomas Mariani. Uh, we started podcasting together about oh man, almost four years ago now, and uh, then we branched off and created our own show, and it's going strong. Uh, you know, we uh, just been trying to bank episodes because you never know what's going on. But uh, every week we try to do a different topic. We were trying to be topical, you know, to sort of relate it to a movie that's coming out. But with everything that's been going on, that's almost impossible right now because everything's been halted or pushed back. So we've right. sort of opened it up to other listeners, other podcasters, friends to suggest topics, and we've been getting some pretty good ideas. So that and uh, doing guest spots where I can, you know, painting and drawing and whatever I can do to sort of stay entertained. 
I really enjoyed, I listened to a couple of your episodes um, that Scott was on. And you mm-hmm. guys, and I really like how you do, I, my understanding is you do like two, is it two shitty movies and two, sorry, two poor movies and two good movies? Is that kind of how you look at it? Like what your preferences are and you compare them? Uh, yeah, what we do is that the whole idea is uh, we come to the table to, like, I'll come with, say, I got the shitty choices or poor choices or whatever that week. So I have two options. And then my co-host will have two options for good movies that relate to the topic. And then through a little, like, pick a number game, we'll assign, we'll, that's how we figure out which movies we're going to watch. So for every topic, we have one good movie, one bad movie. So for every, you got to figure every hundred episodes that we've done, there's 200 movies that we haven't talked about. Is there any episode that you've done at this point that stands out that you really, either the movie was super not interesting and horrible or something that was so good or you had a really good debate or anything like that? Uh, one of the best episodes we did, uh, in my opinion, like we did um, Oscar winners. So we did good and bad. And the, just the choice just so happened to be uh, Driving Miss Daisy is the bad choice. And moon- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and Moonlight for the good choice. Well, I had never seen Moonlight before. And after watching, I absolutely was like, enamored with that movie it's it quickly grew into like one of my top 25 movies of all time uh so that was a good one we did like a star trek episode those are good and then uh anytime we like the whole month of october we do four horror themed episodes and those always turn out fun so you talk about everything you guys go to every genre yeah we're doing musicals this friday can you tell us what musicals it will be, or is that a surprise? No, yeah, that's I don't know. That's fine. Uh, the good choice I had the good pick this week because I am not a musical fan, so Thomas made sure I had the good choices. So <laughs> we're doing uh, Phantom of the Paradise for the good choice. Nice. And then for the bad choice, we're doing the Canon Films The Apple, which oh. I've never heard of. Ooh. I really know my reputation as being atrocious. So that's our choices this week. We did musicals one time before uh, where Thomas had the good choices and it was Cabaret for the good choice. And the bad choice was mine. It was from Justin to Kelly. <laughs> oh, my God. Justin to Kelly. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, what a shit show of a film. Oh, oh boy. my God. You know what you should do next time? Yeah, hmm. uh, Next time you do the musicals, you should do good choice, Streets of Fire, bad choice, Cats. Oh, you know, cat, Cats was Thomas's alternate choice. If I would have picked a different number than I got, we would have gotten Cats. And uh, I swore to him then, and I, I'm going to stand by it. If that ever comes up, I will quit the show. <laughs> <laughs> Even with the butthole edition that the yep, rumored to be yep, out there? I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. First yeah, time the... I met uh, Scott in person, he made me watch a musical as well. What I was sure that did. lovely film that you showed me, Scott? Oh, that was Cannibal the Musical. Oh, buddy. Yep. And I'm a South Park that. fan, so I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember when we talked about it, I, I remember on our episode I said, <laughs> ladies will like it if they watch South Park. Now, I don't mean you watch South Park because your boyfriend's watching South Park. Like, you tersely turn on the TV and watch South Park. Right. That's the kind of humor that you're going to have to have. But that... Uh, I was a special musical. Very, very interesting what they did in that with their budget, but some pretty funny songs, actually. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's, a, that's a classic. Yep, that one and Reefer Madness, the musical, are two of my all-time favorite musicals. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
as you can tell, I like the really ridiculous ones. <laughs> sure. Let, lest we forget Repo the Genetic Opera. Oh, yeah, no. That's a classic. That's I a say classic. That one's also really good. Not a fan, a fan of Devil's of... Carvinal. I see. I wasn't at all. Yeah, I, I, no, I wasn't a fan of Devil Devil's Carnival either. Um, I was just gonna say I'm a fan of the uh, newer Phantom of the Opera that came out like in early 2000s. With Gerard Butler, awesome. Yeah, with Gerard Butler. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. I like that one too. I have a question. What would you guys say so far in 2020 is the most underrated movie and the most overrated movie? And it can be any genre. So if you want to, you know, deviate from horror, that's fine. And obviously it's your own personal opinion. Um, but yeah. Mo make Scott go first. Oh, you, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh... So I think I know what your underrated is. And maybe um, what your overrated is. I don't even know what those are yet. Hold on. Let me pull up my list now because now you have me thinking. You want me to go then? Uh, Yes. I think an overrated movie was Hansel. Is it Gretel and Hansel? Gretel and yes. Hansel. As much as I enjoyed the artistic parts of that movie, and I really enjoyed the dialogue between two of the female characters, I do think we need, we need a new rating system of not PG for movies like that because when we went to the theater there was a bunch of young people and I when I say young people I mean like 13 14 15 year olds and they found it boring as shit which I can understand why they would um, but I also felt like at times that movie was artistic for the sake of being artistic and that I don't find always the best um, use and one that I think is um, underrated that more people should watch is mom mother of monsters I think nice. that movie is is really well done for found footage. I think that it may not get as much attention as it should because it was released to video VOD. And I think some people might take a look at it and think, oh, it's just a found footage film. But for the actors that are in it and the message that's portrayed and the fact that it keeps you guessing throughout, I think that's a movie that should really end up on more people's watch lists this year. And I don't know if it will. Yeah, I actually agree with both of those. Um... I would say, yeah, that uh, my overrated would, yeah, definitely be Gretel and Hansel, because uh, yeah, you know, my opinions after I left the theater, I was not impressed by it at all, and didn't get why it was getting so much hype. Um, but yeah, my underrated one, I yeah, I guess I'll have to go with uh, what I talked about in a couple episodes ago, but uh, After Midnight. Yeah. I I just felt that was like a very great uh story, uh, in depth story on relationships and had just kind of like that nice little <laughs> horror element to it but yeah i'd i'd say those are definitely the ones to like or after midnight should definitely be seen by a lot of people and after midnight is the creature feature right yeah and uh cuz see i heard that you have to like it's one of those it's sort of slow burn in the beginning and then you have to sort of uh wait for the umph yeah so you do yeah. you absolutely oh. do all right but that yeah, is sort like, of like yeah yeah, it's like with the characters, uh, it's that's pretty much what if you can relate to any of the characters and like just the conversations that they end up having is what kind of pulled me into that movie. And then like yeah. the you know, the horror part of it came like towards the third act and like it definitely had a big oomph at the end. But uh yeah, Adam, how about you? What would you say is your overrated underrated for this year so far? Man, you know, hot take, but I was not crazy about Parasite. 
like, wow. yeah, I, I gotta be honest. Like, don't get me wrong. I appreciate the craft of the film. I appreciate even the acting, the way it looked and everything. It just did not connect for me. Like, I don't know if it's because it was talked up so much that maybe I went in expecting like something that's going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen. And I was let down. Uh, I, I'm not sure, but it, to me out of the nominations for best picture this year, it wasn't the best one out of all the ones I saw. I mean, I, I got to say, honestly, I think Jojo rabbit was the best movie of the year. I've been watching I that one. Yeah. Jojo rabbit is just fucking fantastic. It's funny. It's incredibly heartbreaking, sad, but it's just, it's fantastic. Um, as far as underrated, it's something we actually, uh, Nick and I were discussing pre-show, uh, the Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, uh, oh, starting yeah. about Mark Patton. Uh, a lot of people haven't seen it yet, and I think I think maybe it's it's got some deters because they think it's solely going to be about Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and it's not. It's about Mark Patton and what he's gone through, uh, not only because of that movie, but because of his personal life and, you know, allegations made against him and things like that. But it was an absolutely uh, fantastic, fantastic documentary. Oh, nice. and the, uh, and if I got, if I could throw another one in there, oh, the uh, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit documentary. That just oh, came. I want to oh, watch man. that. That so was watch that. that was so depressing, but it was so good. So, and Adam, are you a wrestling fan? Yeah. So I am too. Oh, same and here. I, so, oh, All nice. Bizarre. Okay, oh, so well, I, I used to wrestle yeah. for Florida Championship Wrestling, the oh, when it used good. to be WWE's developmental territory. Oh, really? Oh That's my god! Awesome, Nick. I'm going to stalk you. You need to stop telling me <laughs> today. Like, this, is, this is not going to go well for you once these borders open. Um, <laughs> but I, I, WWE disowned Chris Benoit when mm-hmm. that shit happened. They removed mm-hmm. him from dvds i was watching monday night uh wars last weekend and he's still in that one because i have an old copy of it um but i i'm so glad that this i haven't seen it yet and i have every intention of watching it so i'm really glad to hear good things because there's such a mixed vision of him now and well i i I, sorry go ahead no you're absolutely right uh the thing is this doesn't try to uh, really paint him necessarily in a good light or even as a as a tragic figure they give you the stats and the facts and it's kind of up to you to make the decision like exactly was it because of cte was it because of drugs or steroids or booze or did he literally just snap one day like you you don't know and i mean you got two guys like a perfect example you got you know on one side jericho Who's like, if you came here to, you know, hear me talk bad about him and stuff, then you might as well stop watching. So I'm not going to do it. But then you got guys like Dean Malenko, who was like, you know, I, the only thing I say about him, he was a good wrestler. But what he did is reprehensible and I don't want to talk about him. Right. So, I mean, it's you got both sides of the coin and, and, and it's really well done the way they do it. Like, it, it's, and I mean, Jim Ross said it best. And I mean, it, it's one of those whenever I, it, it, whenever you hear about Benoit going into the Hall of Fame, you know, it's one of those things to where JR Jim Ross really said it best. He said that if he was ever inducted into the hall of fame, it would immediately bring the image of, of David and Nancy um, yes. up, up to people and that nobody would be able to look past that. 
And it's true. It's unfortunately true. Um, I think that it's, it's a very tricky thing. And I, and I put a post about this out not too long ago, uh, earlier this week on Facebook. And it was, what do you do if somebody that you have loved forever has revealed themselves as a reprehensible person? Like, do you continue to watch things like, I'll be the first to admit um, earlier today on IFC, they had that 70s show, but it is for me very difficult to watch it knowing the allegations against um, the Danny, uh, Danny, Danny Masterson, Masterson yeah. which, which I, I heard happened on the set of that 70s show in part. Um, not to men- not to mention, I mean, it's like naked, the naked gun movies are some of my favorite movies ever, but do I stop watching because of OJ? Um, because there was a very big debate when they did uh, the Super Bowl this year where they had OJ included in the um, the sort of video package that they had. And, you know, do you stop watching Cosby show reruns? Do you do you strike American Beauty from your viewing record? I mean, it's it's a very weird thing of do you still appreciate the career that this person has had? Or do mm. you throw it out of your mind? Well, and, I think, and it's, uh, it's such a weird I, thing. I, you know, well, that's a topic that I, I we've actually come across a lot on my show, and it's a lot online. Uh, like, how do you, when do you separate art from the artist? Yeah. And, and I do understand the concept, but I think anytime pedophilia, rape, or child murders involved, then you, that's a pretty clear separation for right. me. Like, I, I'm not going to watch. You know, Woody Allen films, Roman Polanski films, Victor Salva films. And, you know, Roman Polanski's made some of the greatest movies ever made. But I just, I can't do it. I I just can't do it. I can't endorse that behavior, even if he's only getting a 10 cent royalty check. I I don't give a shit. I'm not going to contribute. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I think it's a very interesting topic and I think it's a really passionate topic because as valid as your points are, and I, and I definitely am siding on your side there. I think there's someone else that could contradict and be like, but what of all the other people that are involved in those projects then? So we're punishing everyone that was involved for one person. Well, yeah, we are. <laughs> because unfortunately, unfortunately, right. No, and I, I... Right. right. Unfortunately, but the, in, uh, you know the the shame of the matter is, it's you know Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby, it's Victor Salva's Deeper Creepers, it's Woody Allen's Annie Hall, it's I mean their names are intrinsically attached to the project. Yeah. Um, I do feel bad for the other people who maybe uh, are unfortunately getting shortchanged because of the actions of those people, but unfortunately that's just that's the way it's got to be i personally think i mean i get where some people say no you can still watch it and appreciate it for what it is and everything like that and they have that switch they can shut off i i just personally don't have that you make a valid point and sometimes all we can do as a consumer is make our voice known with what we choose to watch and purchase right and I that's agree. our way of of siding on things but it's a very interesting it's a very interesting topic and it happens everywhere i think when it happens like in media though especially when it happens to someone famous um we're more drawn to it like chris benoit's story even people that don't watch wrestling will know who chris benoit is most of the time right exactly. they have some kind yeah. of concept of what yeah. happened right so it's interesting i'm glad that you've seen the documentary both of you have and you recommend it because i do plan on watching it so yep same here and 
it, it's, 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 it's really weird because, um, you know, how I was mentioning negative interactions with people in this industry, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a terrible thing when you have somebody that, is, that you've known to be a hero in your eyes or, or known to sort of be, be put on this pedestal and then for, for them to be brought down. Um, there was a situation um, with, with one of my projects where um, I'm not going to say the person um, right now, uh, but there was a very prominent person in the horror community who went on a podcast um, with us for, for, a, for a feature that I was doing. And um, he came on the podcast drunk and mm. proceeded to... Let's see. He went on a 60-minute racial political tirade, oh. um, in which he 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 finished the uh, the podcast repeatedly in graphic deal, detail, threatening to kill himself, um, offering to perform fellatio on all of the male cast members of the film, and uh, yeah, just just went absolutely bad at batshit insane. And I was not, I am not kidding you, 30 seconds from sending that podcast to TMZ and ruining this person's life. But I decided to take the higher road and I decided to just sort of let bygones be bygones that this person would reveal themselves to be a ship, shit, a shipwreck uh, eventually somewhere in life and that they would get the karma, you know, um, but it, it's a terrible thing. Well, that's an awkward situation for everyone else to be in too, and having to listen to that, and yeah. you know, and and someone can, but it's not. I'm sure you experience this more, Nick, and the people that you meet. I think sometimes, obviously, power and money can make people feel invincible, and oh, yeah. they feel they can do whatever they want and say whatever they want, and that you're just going to put up with it, or everyone's going to just have to put up with it. So that's a really interesting. It's a really interesting conversation, and, and I think we've, we're all basically on the same side of how we feel, but it's just an yeah, interesting so. conversation that's had, right? Like, that people are constantly struggling with, so. Yeah, and and I had to, like, I had to completely remove the person from my mind, and people were like, well, well why didn't you fight it? Or um, uh, or they would do go on the opposite spectrum of, oh, well, this person is just being that person. I'm like, look, there's a difference between having a character or an image that you project, but this is completely separate from that. Uh, quirk, then, having a personality quirk is one thing completely different than someone being self-destructive and sociopathic. I, I don't... Oh, absolutely. Exactly. I, I, and I, I looked I, at the I, person's I, fan base behind them, and I was mm -hmm. like, okay, is it really going to help me? Is it really going to help my image and my life and, and my faith and my fan base if I attack this person and not, you know, everybody, when somebody's put on blast is going to take a side and this person just has a lot of people behind them. And it's, it's just one of those, you can't fight it. And so I I've had to sort of just let it die. And uh, you know, in, in personal conversations, I, I have, I have a very big list of, of, of different celebrities, actors, writers that to, to stay away from. And I mean, that, that's a show in, its, in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, and actually, because uh, we got completely off topic, but yeah, Nick, what was your uh, overrated and underrated for this year? 
Oh, yeah. Overrated and underrated. Okay, so uh, I'm going to start with my overrated because I have a tie for underrated. So with my overrated, I'm going to go a little bit outside of the horror box and go with a, well, it, it was what I thought was going to be a comedy. Um, it is a 2020 film called Downhill, starring Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. Oh, now, <laughs> now, <laughs> now, the reason that I'm going to, to say that it was extremely overrated uh, is that I went into it, it from the trailers. You know, there's certain times when you have a trailer and when it's marketed, it will market the film as a completely different genre than the movie actually is. Um, this is a lot, a big problem with Adam Sandler movies. Um, I know that there was a movie, it was like The Cobbler or something that he did on Netflix and it was genuinely promoted as a comedy. And it was one of the saddest, most depressing pieces of film I've ever watched. And then, like, I'm watching down or Downhill, and I am waiting and craving from these two comedic powerhouses for something hilarious to happen. And it just never does. And I, I'm trying to follow this movie as if, well, you know, maybe maybe I'll just wait for it. You know, maybe uh, maybe the ump's coming. And it just never does, like an hour hour into it. And I just finally, well, I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> it was just, it, there was no point to the film that I could see, you know. Um, but uh, my underrated is actually going to be tied. Um and the in, uh, it's tied because one of the films could be sort of seen as a 2019 film, um, but uh, I would also say it's 2020 because it was just given a big release, um, and that is the vampire movie from Joe Begos known as Bliss. Oh, uh, I love Bliss. Uh, Bliss is, is probably one of my favorite vampire movies uh, of all time, right up there with Fright Night. Um, and uh, I just, I loved it. I love the story. I love the, 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 the actors, the, the lead actress in it. Uh, I can't think of her name, but just absolutely phenomenal. Um, the, the, the score, the, the way that the story was constructed, um, the, the pacing of the film, just awesome. Um, and that's why it's on my underrated. And then the second underrated is one that I actually just watched last night. And that is called, uh, come to daddy from Elijah Wood and, oh, nice. Aunt, and Aunt Timpson. Um, so uh, Come to Daddy is is very much how like you're describing After Midnight. It is very much a film that if you give it the appreciation of sitting and watching it for a little while, then if you, if you allow that slow burn to sink in, then you will be pleasantly rewarded um, with something completely out of the box. And Elijah Wood continues to show that he belongs in horror um and i and i very much hope that um because he's trying to get him and his uh i can't think of what his film his production company is uh spectre vision yes but spectre vision is trying uh, they just submitted a pitch um to the west craven camp for uh, uh a nightmare on elm street uh something something oh, nightmare yeah. And I would be very interested to see what, what, what comes of that because it's, it's like Jordan Peele. Elijah Wood is definitely in his wheelhouse right now. 
Uh, oh. Two things, you know, come to daddy's on my list of want to watch for sure. Like I own it. I have a, a digitally, but I haven't watched it yet. So that's, that's exciting to hear. Yeah. But I, I recommend it's it. A very it's a small really cast, but it is, it's, it's highlighted by Elijah Wood. And I keep wanting to say Steve rails back, but it's not Steve rails back. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a fucking pony pool. Uh, yeah. It's a, yeah, I yeah. read my mind. I was just going to say pony pool, the radio yeah, DJ. Yeah. Uh, Quick question then for all of you, because you know what? Fuck it. Uh, all right. <laughs> recasting Freddy Krueger. Who 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 we call him? Ooh, this is this is this is this is a great one that uh, that uh, I got asked not too long ago. It's going to happen first. Not Robert England. Yeah. Not unless it's another gold episode. I I liked. I'm going to screw up his name. I always do. Um, Jackie Earl Haley. No, yes. that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it, right? I I did not have a problem with him as Freddy Krueger. I had a problem with the script. Um, I I thought he was fine. Mm-hmm. I I didn't. I think that no matter who they cast, there are too many Freddy diehards. And I I well Friday Nightmares. I'm sure you guys can put together where that name came from. Sure, sure. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> And I was the nightmare side. So I am a very, very, very big. Like, I like all the movies. I even like Dream mm-hmm. Child. And oh, I love, I love Dream Child. Thank you. Freddy's oh, dead. Freddy's dead. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, dead. Yeah, I, I, not the best, but I still would watch it. And I've watched them many a times. And I just feel as though no matter who they put in there, and there's like there's a dude that's floating around on the independent circuit. I think he's independent. I don't know. He's put a couple of promo videos out on Facebook, and maybe it's more than one dude. I think he'd be great, but I feel bad for whoever dons the glove because I really don't think horror fans are are open minded enough to accept a new person in that role. In my well, honest opinion. Well, I agree with you uh, in, in a way, but I feel that their their best route to take now. Would it be maybe someone who was sort of a bigger star who's not that big anymore, but has maybe either been in the genre or dabbled in the genre? Like, I've always said uh, I could see Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's creepy enough looking. Like, he, like you get it? You're like, yeah, he he's he's probably into diddling. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. He's creepy enough. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And see, and I I love Bacon because I have heard nothing of 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 him being a douchebag, and I like that. <laughs> Me neither at all, at all. Does Back anybody the remember the following on Fox? Yes. Yeah. Oh man, what an underrated show! Yeah. Everybody for a while was throwing around Billy Bob Thornton as well, uh... and I'm like, uh, maybe as actual burned Freddy, but if they're going to show him as, you know, Freddy Krueger, I, I just don't know that Freddy Krueger would have a fucking soul patch. But, um, <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. Need me some of my French fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, what about you, Scott? Uh, I'm actually going to go with one. Uh, I mean, he's kind of becoming an icon unto himself right now, but I would like to see David Howard Thornton take the role. Interesting. I did not yeah. see that coming. No. <laughs> I'll say just like I, I, I don't know. I think with the way that he had, like his mannerisms and just like his body language, I think kind of fits like the Freddy Krueger character. 
Now, the voice you know funny? I could see him doing a young Freddy, like if they did a prequel. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's because he just kind of has that look to him that I could see him playing, like, yeah, Freddy Krueger before he became Freddy, and then I could see him in the makeup pulling it off, too. I Have you I ever just, seen uh, the Joker fan film that he did? I did. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I, I just... He's like John Kasser. Um, yeah, he, he is. He, you know, he's very multifaceted. Yeah, and I, I just, yeah, I could totally see him play, like, being a new Freddy Krueger for, like, the new generation. I could totally see that. You know, I'm going to throw another name out there, and it's kind of weird. But what about, like, Kiefer? Hmm. Um, I, I don't know if he can put down the bottle long enough. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that that would, uh help or hinder the performance to be honest <laughs> well i mean it just, i mean it, it matters if you want um steve buscemi hobo version of big daddy to be your freddy krueger or you know, Maybe. um that's an interesting take oh man uh it would be uh, pretty damn funny <laughs> yeah um heather did you say your pick I don't really have a particular person. Sorry, my cell phone's going off. Let me just silence that. Um, to be honest with you, I and I think I'm just so not looking forward to it because of the horror community. I'll be honest with you. I don't. It's already bad enough with Candyman being done by Jordan Peele and how that's going to get nothing will be as good as the original. I just I I I just feel like no matter how good a Nightmare on Elm Street movie is, a new one, adaptation, a prequel, people are going to shit on it. And I think that has put a nice big rain cloud over my head. So I don't want to get attached to thinking anybody can do it because I feel bad for them, but I think out of the ones you've suggested, um I think Kevin Bacon would be great. And as I said, I saw some guy on a um, independent circuit. Like, I, I don't know if he's independent or who he is, but he's been putting promo videos out of himself. There was like a little series that he did on YouTube. I thought he was pretty good, but we'll see, right? Like, I, I just hope that the writing is there and that fans are open-minded enough to move on past Robert England yeah. for it to be successful. No, I, I, I agree. Do you guys ever think the Hellraiser remake will actually happen? No, because it, it, Clive is Clive Barker is like Spielberg. He does not want any of his original material readapted, unless um, he's got his hands on it. Well, I mean, they just did it with right. Candyman, though. Right, and I, mean, I, I was actually—that's what I was—I had—I had had a thought in my head, and I completely forgot it. But it was about Candyman, and and Heather, you make a great point, but. I am very inclined to believe from the way that the trailer was shot uh, or was edited. I feel like Tony Todd is, is Candyman in this. I think it's in, a possession movie, dude. I, 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 think, I think because if you notice, they never the show, they never show Candyman in that trailer. Uh, and there's, I one feel like scene, a, there's one scene when he's looking in the cop car. Mirror, it's clearly Tony Todd's reflection looking back at him. Okay. I'll just say, uh, that's what I saw. I I, I think it's going to be a possession movie where Tony Todd's Candyman possesses this new guy and he becomes Candyman. Uh, I don't know that I want 
a Candyman remake. I think the first Candyman, as I think we've talked about, didn't we, Scott, on my show? Uh, yes. Uh, that Candyman is basically the epitome of 90s horror perfection. I, right. I, I think it'd be hard-pressed to find a better horror film that came out of the 90s than Candyman. Like, honestly. So we'll see. I mean, I just, I don't know that it's necessary. The, the one that I think could do well, uh, especially in TV form, like it was batted around for a while, is Nightbreed. I think that could be really fun. Right. Yeah. But I think I just, if it was done on like Netflix or something like that, it could really be given the practical effects mm-hmm. um, and violence and gore. Back, and, yeah. I agree. But, um, so my Freddy choice is actually a very out of the box choice. Um, does anybody know who Pablo Schreiber is? Yeah, the Mandalorian? Yeah. No, no. Pablo Schreiber, he <laughs> was Pedro <porn> Pascal. <laughs> My fault. He was porn stash in Orange is the New Black. He was in Weeds. Yeah, um, he's uh he's uh the, the oh fuck, what's his name? The Leprechaun in American Gods. Uh uh Oh, I can't think of the the character name. But yeah, I know who he is. He's oh, Lee Schreiber's half-brother. Yeah, he's Matt Sweeney in American Gods. Yeah, I know him from Dennis Eves and He's lengthy. Um, he so did an great. arc in Law & Order's Special Victims Unit in which he abducts and, and sexually assaults Mariska Hargitay. And it's it goes over like three or four episodes. Um, and man, you have you not... I mean. You, you might be onto something there because you got you got miles with him too. Like you got time. He's still a younger guy. You could build a franchise around him. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, think of and and look at stuff like Orange Is the New Black and look at the evil smile that he has. And I, just I'm look actually kind of, you've you've turned to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going with that one. I like that. That's a really interesting choice. Uh, sort of off the wall, but it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. He's an up-and-coming actor. He's proven he's got the chops, and he's younger. So, yeah, you can build a franchise around him. Yeah, that is a very good choice, actually, because yeah, I'm looking him up right now because I've never actually seen or- uh, Orange is the New Black or any of the shows that he's on, and, yeah, I could totally see that. Yeah, he's a good actor, too. He's really good. He could play intimidating. Like, whoa. Have you yeah, seen I... Den of Thieves, Nick? What's that? Den of Thieves, have you seen that? I have not. Oh, okay. Well, that it's a it's a shitty action movie, but it's you know it's mindless entertainment. But he's incredibly intimidating in that movie. Yeah, and I mean, I just think uh, they're they're going to benefit from an unknown. Yeah, the be- the the less known the person is playing Freddy, the better, because you won't be able to separate the uh, actor from the character, like if they're too popular. We're about halfway through, getting close to halfway through the year. Well, quarter of the year. Um, but I'm kind of curious, where do you guys see like the uh, horror genre going for the rest of 2020? Especially with everything that's happened with the well, COVID-19 and all that. I think, I don't know that that's going to be as much of a uh, factor as... Because horror, horror has survived everything, the horror genre. I mean, it's literally survived absolutely everything that's happened. And it's still the top top draw as far as money next to like the MCU now. Um, I think because after the success of like 
you know, Parasite, which I, I'd argue is not really a horror film, but it gets looped in uh, as a genre film. But after the success of Parasite, Midsummer, Lighthouse, things like that, we're going to see a lot more sort of character pieces, really, um, really just focused more uh, stories and, 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 cerebral horror like even like color out of space was very cerebral you know and and it was a, a pretty decent sized hit like the a24 and and blumhouse sort of idea is working and it's working really well they're making money they're being very critically uh well received i i think that's where we're going for for the foreseeable oh yeah future. and i mean Color Out of Space was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. It was see, I I, I equate violence and, and gore with with beautiful with beauty. I'm somebody yeah. that you know can look at something like the original Suspiria and look at and oh man, oh, the blood's gorgeous. And just exactly. I, I love I, I just I, I I see the beauty in the violence and 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 things like Color Out of Space. Just the, I mean. Yes, obviously, a lot of it was uh, was uh, was equated to posts with with the visuals and such. But man, the production design um, and just the, the 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 creature design. Oh wow, like that was some shit. <laughs> yeah, that was like a, watching pretty much a drug trip unfold on screen. It was insane and mesmerizing at the same time. It reminded me of um, there's a Turkish movie that came out a few years ago. If you guys have ever seen called Baskin. Yep. Yes. Yeah, sort of up there with Baskin. A lot of really trippy, like it, it was like Hellraiser on acid. Like yeah, that it, is like the best description for it too. Because like you know, somebody had told me they were like, "Man, if if Clive Barker ever got to make his version of Hellraiser, like from the Hellbound Heart, man, like it, it's a substantially more messed up movie than you see." And you know, that's like um it, at one point. Um, we were, we were gonna, um, I had actually, um, since it's, it's been a few years, I've started talking about it a lot more, but at one point I was going after the rights for, I know what you did last summer. Um, but I was going after the rights of the book. Um, because if anybody's ever actually read the book, they know that it's completely separate from what you got in the movie, that there was no man with a hook, um, that, that, a lot of that was very on the, uh, on the spot improvised. Um, and I had pictured it more as a suspense that was like a new England ghost tale in a way, um, in the way it was shot. And I was going to throw out the idea of using Disney actors and using, you know, actual serious theatrically trained actors, um, and, and create something really, really spooky. Um, and that's, that's why art house horror is so, is so growing now is that the, the, the visualized idea of horror is mainstream now. It's, it's more mainstream than it's ever been with, with Oscar, with, you know, with horror being at the Oscars. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why it's going to succeed in that, in that, in that spectrum. Like you just blew my mind. Uh, you just blew my mind when you said that. I don't know. I still. I know what you did last summer was a book. Who was the author of that novel or the book? It was Lois Duncan. 
Um, yeah, I, I didn't have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, um, it was, uh, believe it or not, I know what you did last summer was, um, so the, the group of kids actually kill a child. They run over a child um, wow. on his wow. bicycle. And it turns out that it's uh, the little brother of, of, this older, of this older guy. And Jul- uh, the Julie character and the Helen characters both are simultaneously dating new men. They, after the event, haven't talked to each other in several years. And then it just so happens that it is the same person. It's the older brother that is dating both of them across from each other. And so the idea of it is to require an actor that is versatile enough to play two completely separate roles in the same movie but um and then it, of course it ends with the, the final battle with ray but there's no man with a hook um that was all done with the idea of the the urban legend of the man with the hook um and sort of combining that and i, I always thought i always thought it was a very big disservice to lois duncan and her family that the direct adaptation of what she wanted for for young adults that was never put on the screen um, and so I had gotten as far as I was talking with the family, um, because Lois Duncan had tragically passed away a few years ago. And, um, I, I was spoke with her husband and, and they really loved the idea, but it had turned out that Mike Flanagan, um, from Dr. Sleep and, uh, Honey of Hill House had optioned for the rights to remake the the 98 movie but here's my here's where it got tricky it's that i didn't want to remake that movie i wanted to do a direct adaptation of the book but because the book had already been credited as the the 98 film being an adaptation of it they would have considered it a remake in any way and so they put a halt to it and the, the shitty part is, is that Flanagan has absolutely no intention of making that movie. He simply purchased the property and is just sitting on it. And it just bugs me. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can see why. Yeah. Yeah. Heather, uh, how about you? Where do you see horror going for the rest of this year? I think that it's continue. Horror will continue <laughs> to gather new fans and have a face at the table of popular films. And I think we have, um, I always say their names wrong, Addy Aster, Jordan Peele's to thank for that. Um, I think when we look at movies like Midsommar, Heredity, and while I'm a big Jordan Peele junkie, so I love Us and Get Out, I, I think we're seeing a push into, horror's always been political, always. But I think now it's being more in your face political, and for and more I mean not in your face isn't the right word. I think more people are seeing it, like more people are talking to me that don't really watch horror about Get Out or Us or Midsommar, and that's really nice to see. You know, I think when we went through the '90s of, you know, some of the horror movies that came out then were were good, and some of them were just very very 
low budget, not low budget, but low acting, maybe not the best highest quality of stuff. And and then we had the slashers and you have that. And, and I think now we're getting better independent films or maybe they're just better access because video on demand is better. And we have things like YouTube and Tubi and Shutter, and it's no longer being seen as deviant. Um, I'll never forget when I became a horror fan and my parents were very upset and thought I was going to go and I don't know, like slash up people because I like to scream so much. I feel like that, that mentality is changing. So I see horror becoming more mainstream and also pushing more boundaries, which I'm super excited about. And I think we also have foreign films to think, think for that, like the platform. I don't know if you gentlemen have had a chance to see the platform on Netflix but I think that movie really, really speaks to human nature. It, it reflects a lot about what's going on right now and need and hierarchy and status. And, and I think that we need more of that. And I hope to see more of that. Yeah, and I, it, I agree with that. that. It, it sucks that horror is not accepted and hasn't been as accepted as it has been. Because, I mean, hell, it took until last year for Jennifer Aniston to even acknowledge uh, Leprechaun. Yeah, right. Well, well, I think what you see is in, is in the horror genre, especially as far as films, there's huge ebbs and flows. Uh, when you are getting ones like, you know, the Ari Oster ones or, or uh, oh God, Robert Eggers or any of these guys who are putting out these great works, then, you know, they're getting noticed critically, then everybody wants to take ownership. Like, oh, yeah, I did a horror movie. Oh, yeah, horror movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was absolutely in that. And then as soon as you get the next Saw or the next torture porn movie that get a black mark on it, everybody disowns the genre again. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's been happening, you know, you like, see, I'm really, really hopeful for spiral yeah, um, from see. the book of saw. And, and I'm going to tell I you hope. why. Okay. Because, okay. When I heard like, I, I'm sure like everybody, when they opened up the internet that day and saw Chris rock is going to produce the next saw. They, I knew immediately what people thought, and it's exactly what they thought when Jordan Peele said he was going to do a horror movie. It's exactly what when when uh, Robin Williams got cast in One Hour Photo. It's exactly what happened when uh, you know comedic uh, and ho- comedians in horror is, is something that usually produces some special results, and yeah, like. A lot of the comedians come from a dark place for their material. For yeah, I was going to say, comedians are intrinsically dark people. I mean, that's just... Oh, yeah, like, if you look at some of the material, like, the one of the funniest things in the world to me is looking at 90s family sitcoms, front-runned by, like, Bob Saget, Tim Allen, um, you know, Robin Williams. If you look at a lot of their stand-up, it was, it was, it was, some, it was some stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, Tim Allen, I mean, it's a wonder that he ever got home improvement, but um, he did. And I mean, that's why I am just like, I am looking forward to I like the idea that it's set in the world of Saw, but that it is not, you know, a direct sequel. I'm hoping that if in that that it can be expanded and that they can go out of the box and do some interesting things. Um, I think this will allow for that. Um, I like the angle that it's leading people to, to where it's dealing with police violence. Um, I think that is going to make it a really interesting story. And, you know, I'm, I'm in. 
you know, um, I, I'm, but I'm a, I mean, I'm somebody that plays Charlie Clauser's Hello Zep on rotation, uh, just for shits and giggles. So I, I'm a, I'm a Saw fan through and through. So. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of with you. I'm looking like I've, I'm not a big fan of the Saw franchise, like in general, but I am very like as soon as I heard Chris Rock was attached, I was like, my interest got piqued. Because I was like, all right, this is going to be something completely different than the norm. Yeah. And I I am very curious to see what happens, especially when it finally does get released. Because I think it ended up getting pushed back because of everything going on. Yeah, it did. And, I mean, it's... Uh, but we'll, we'll get it eventually, I'm, I'm sure. Because I, I know it was, it was at least entering post. Um, because I know somebody that was working on the production design of it and just had a fucking ball uh, on that film. And um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it'll be another one of those that gets shot straight to video on demand. Yeah, I was saying, like, that's another thing I was going to talk about, too, is I actually am uh, kind of happy with the way that Universal ended up taking the whole uh, uh, virus thing and just said, you know what, we'll just put our movies straight to video on demand and try well, to get the- some money out of it that way. I, now, I get what they're doing, but, the they're, but, they're, but they're rental. They're only rental. Yeah. They're right. 20 bucks, and you get them for 48 hours, which I understand. Uh, but at the same time, th- once this thing is over, which we're talking months and months, you're not going to make money again on these movies in the theater. I really don't see it happening. So I and think... That's actually they, what I was just going to ask, was do you think that this is going to be the end of theaters, or do you think it's going to have people find a newfound appreciation for the experience of theaters. I absolutely think it's going to make people want to go to the theater more. I absolutely do not think this is the end. I think this is a pause. I think that the things, unfortunately, that were going to be that were at the theater when this all happened, unfortunately, whoever made those is going to have to take a bath on them other than digital releases. Uh, But as far as nothing that's come out yet, there's no question to me that Black Widow, Wonder Woman 1984, even Spiral, all these things, when this is over and they come out, they're still going to make a shitload of money and revitalize the theaters. I mean, there's no question. I mean, personally, I think that. Uh, I just think that, unfortunately, this is a a pause on not only theater, but everything that's happening. So, I mean, we'll adapt. And I don't see see the, the love of going to see a movie at the theater and getting your popcorn and having the lights dimmed and the the shared experience with random strangers is ever going to die well theaters are so developed now we have dbox we have imax we have you know you you can experience movies in ways that you could never experience them before and it's still very much as a social outing and an opportunity to connect and and get to know people what i feel is the is the power that's going to come from this right now is video on demand. Scott and I watched two movies the other day that I would honestly say I probably never would have searched out video on demand to just see what's new that didn't make it to theater runs until Mm. one, I a became a podcaster and I realized there was more stuff out there and B I'm at home. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to drop six 99 on a rental. Yeah. I'm going to drop three 99 on a second rental or whatever. And I'm hoping that that gives the opportunity right now while people are home and shutters doing their free trials and all this other stuff for other films to get noticed. Cause I think the spirals of the world and other the hunts will, will get people. 
like someone something else could come out like that again and people will go to the theater to go see it but i want to see more people getting involved in other types of films like the alpha test for example is a great film um and most people won't even know about it or go see it or come to daddy you know i don't think that that didn't get a theater cold release in canada i don't know i probably did in la i feel like everything goes out in la but um, that's another great movie, you know, and that, so I just feel, I'm hoping that during this time, the light will be people watching video on the da- demand, but I don't think theaters will ever be removed. There's just too much of an experience. I agree with you hundred percent, Adam. Yeah. Same here. Yeah, Cause it is absolutely just that it's an event when you go to the theater. Mm-hmm. Or it can be, well, as long as you don't have into... some, uh, a group of, a group of dipshits yelling and, and screaming and. <laughs> Well, especially that's for true. as much as you that's fucking true. pay for it, you got to save up for a goddamn two weeks. <laughs> now, are you are you good? Do you guys have any of the um, subscription services? Are any of you members of those? Well, I'm, I'm like all of them, honestly. <laughs> oh no, I mean like the ones for like AMC Pass or whatever it is, where you. Oh god! Oh, oh that, no! Yeah. AMC Pass is it has a, about as good a reputation as as Bill Cosby right now. Oh, okay. Interesting. Nice. Good to know. Good to know. Because we're looking at getting something like that here in Canada, and I'm very interested in it. Um, we have one major theater, like we all, we have a couple of minor independent chains, but we have one chain that basically owns everything. And um, there's been talks about a subscription service coming here, um, similar to AMC Pass, or what's the other theater that has it? I don't... Um, Regal? Regal. Regal or whatever it is. Um, so I, I wonder. I always like to talk to people about them because it sounds really good on paper to me and sounds like a great opportunity. But I'm hearing that it maybe isn't the best for some people. So that's interesting to hear. Well, that's uh, Movie Pass. Movie Pass had a, uh, like I think they bit off more than they could chew. Mm. Like there was a big mess with that. But then after Movie, pa- I think that's when the subscription services came to be, is because Movie Pass came out, and then these other theater chains like AMC and Regal had to try to compete to uh, like help make some more money and that's and now they're around and movie pass is kind of going by the wayside. Oh, okay, okay. But uh yeah, as you know with me, unfortunately, like the closest theater that does a subscription service like that is like an hour away from me. So it's not worth my my time to do that. Like I have the uh Cinemark one here, but that one's like eight dollars or nine dollars a month and you only get you get to watch one movie a month. It's like that's what I'd pay for the movie anyway, so I don't see the point in getting that subscription service. And plus, I go to the matinees there anyways because it's only like four fifty to go to a matinee. So I usually that's because well, it's a go. shady theater. You took me to the nice theater when we went. Yes, exactly. I, I wasn't gonna take you. I wasn't gonna take you to Cinemark unless uh, unless, unless I it was one of the, yeah. No, unless it was one of the special screenings that they do. Yeah, for sure. Because they do the special independent screenings a lot more than other theaters here. But, so uh, I, I have a, a, a topic that I think would be good considering the timing. Um, everybody's favorite Stuart Gordon film. Ooh. Dagon. Really? Yeah, Dagon's my favorite. I, you know, Reanimator is the one that brought me into the genre in all, in all honesty. Uh, it's not necessarily the first horror movie. That I saw, but it's the first horror movie I saw that absolutely didn't terrify me. Uh, so I want to say that brought me into the genre. But uh, I think Dagon, uh, A, has some of the most beautiful, the best underwater photography I've ever seen. And it's also, uh, to me, the best uh, Lovecraft adaptation ever, as far as getting the the feel of a Lovecraft uh, story. And 
it uh, also is the inspiration for one of my favorite video games of all time, Resident Evil 4. So, oh, I mean, nice. it's, it's just, Dagon holds us a very, very special place for me. Yeah, and I, I do love Dagon. Um, I'm actually going to say From Beyond. I was just about to say the same thing. <laughs> there you go. Tell me your reasons first. Uh, my reasoning is I just love the whole, uh, pretty much, once again, it's a H.P. Lovecraft-style story because it's based off a of Lovecraft story originally. And uh, But no, I love the whole inter the interdimensional demons and the well and just the performances all around and i love love the fact that pretty much it's the same cast as reanimator except for barbara crampton ends up being like the main character instead of jeffrey combs and i like jeffrey combs kind of being like the final girl in that one yeah I completely agree. And you know what? Since you said from beyond, I'm going to go a different direction so we have more content. I'm going to go with The Dentist. Uh, oh, that very, was him, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, very underrated effort that actually got a sequel, uh, The Dentist 2, Brace Yourself, um, both of which were headlined by Corbin Burnson um from uh I think LA Law or he was a, he was in one of the big uh, one of the big network law shows back in the day in the, the late 80s early 90s I can't remember like LA Law or something like that but um and then of course he was also the dirty nasty politician in uh um Tales from the Hood Yes he was oh, Yeah I love that movie Oh yeah just I did not like the sequel as much as I liked uh, the the original. Oh no, the sequel was awful. I digress, you know, but uh, uh, but the, but the dentist was great, bloody, nasty, schlocky '90s slasher fun. Um, yep. you know, it was it, it's right up there with you know mosquito and uh, castle freak and I mean all the other like nifty little. 90s horror efforts that were just out of the box <laughs> absolutely i yeah I, I enjoy i've watched i seen the dentist when i was like a young teen at my grandparents house and i just love it um but yeah Heather, See, I, the dentist the dentist i'm sorry the dentist i can never get into because i always saw corbin birdson as rick dorn from major league Ah, oh, yeah. 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 so it's, I couldn't get past it. I could never get past it because I grew up such a huge fan of Major League. So it's like I just couldn't not see him as Roger Dorn, unfortunately. Uh, but I was also very young, and you know, so maybe if I gave it another shot, I could probably do it. But uh, I, I don't know. And it was LA Law, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not the greatest movie. But it's it's just for for pure silly mindless violence. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty interesting. It feels yeah. like it should be a full moon movie. Yeah, yeah. and I, and I think it was um, I think it was put out by um, it was uh, early. I think it was early Lionsgate or Artisan. No, it was early Lion. I, no, you know what? I think it was Artisan. I, I want to say it was Artisan. I think you're right. Yeah, because I remember that was when Artisan was really big when they came out with Urban Legend um, and uh, Blair Witch and, and stuff like stuff like that. Because Artisan, I wonder whatever happened to Artisan. Because uh, you know they became they, they became really... a spree, like movie okay. spree. No, that's that's Artisan. Oh, okay. 
But it's it's funny you mentioned Major League because yeah, um, uh, Char- I I had posted the question about has Charlie Sheen ever been in a horror movie? Um, and um, I, I can't remember. There was one to where he's like a like a motorcycle guy that comes like a a jock that comes back from the dead, and it has like Clint Howard in it. Oh, but right, right. Right. Clint Howard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the wraith. Uh, that's what you're talking about. The uh, real Scott Crawford pulling it out of his fucking distended asshole. Uh, <laughs> there it go. But, um, and then and oh. then they're restoring. You know, they're restoring Grizzly too. Yes. Um, that had Charlie Sheen and uh, a bunch of other people in it too. Um, but I guess the original producer is like restoring it from raw material, and they're actually going to release it. I'm, like, I'm, very, I'm very curious about that because we actually uh it's kind of funny you brought up grizzly because we're in our creature feature uh section of our show where we've been talking different uh parts of the creature features and the first one we did was nature run amok and uh, heather and i both watched grizzly for the first time for our show oh wow armando sante yeah that was a great movie oh yeah but Heather, what about you? What's your favorite Stuart? Well, Ward? I'm right up there with the dentist, dude. I dug the dentist so much. I uh, I love the cheesy affair. Okay, spoiler. I love the cheesy affair for anyone that hasn't seen it. The, like his wife had yeah. so like uh, openly in front of him. <laughs> and how he was draped in denim with his oh fucking. Oh my god! Anna. And it looks like he like drank a lot of whey and worked out at the gym every day and like oh my god and then uh and then when he goes to the office and his slow decline throughout the day and how the secretary is like <laughs> has no fucking clue what's going on for majority of it i thought it was actually a really well done the classical music from that movie Oh, is that where it's from? Oh, that's funny. And and I thought, you know, it's a 90s. It reminded me a lot of the same quality of The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And I really like The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. It's cheesy as shit, but, like, I also enjoyed that one and The Good Son. Well, look at the cast of that movie. I mean, you had Rebecca de Mornay that is still fucking intimidating. You had uh, Ernie Hudson. You had um, a young, um, uh, what's a... from nine from uh from lost world um julianne moore you have young julianne moore um i mean just a a stellar cast it's sort of like i always love the the home situations gone wrong like the paper boy and the stepfather oh Uh, yeah totally totally like they're just and and it's that era right like the early 90s and that kind of like almost like cheesy it was like they took a soap opera they kind of spiced it up a little bit and threw it into like a movie and i i enjoy and i i i think the whole horror people are so afraid of going to the dentist and this dentist just fucking snapping for a lack of better words and you're right the gore is great um some of the shit he does particularly to his wife is just it's it's pretty gruesome like it's the makeup that was done for that was I I thought was pretty good for the 90s. Um yeah, it's it's cheesy good 90s fun. I I dig me some dentist. I wonder who did the effects on that. Now I, I want to go back and I think that look. was Brian Yuzna. Yeah, I was I was going to think Yuzna, but I didn't want to immediately assume. But uh yeah, cuz that was that was some that was some really good effects. Yeah. Yeah, and we actually did a uh 
rest in peace segment for Stuart Gordon on our episode that we we're gonna that should be released by the time everybody hears this one because yeah, Stuart Gordon was my second all time favorite horror movie director right next to John Carpenter. Yeah. Like he's just done so much in, for the genre. I'll say we're about an hour and fifteen minutes into our show right now. Shall we uh, jump on into the horror trivia? Sounds good. Ooh, ooh horror trivia. <laughs> Look, I'll man, say so. I just the fuck you want to do. All right? <laughs> what was that, Adam? I said whatever the fuck you want to do. All right. Oh. <laughs> I like how Adam rolls. <laughs> You're running this fun too far, not me. <laughs> Are you sure about that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> don't mind Adam. He's been drinking since nine this morning. He's just trying to get through the day. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Nine p.m. yesterday. Oh, nine p.m. yesterday. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. Oh, uh, so yeah. How I'm gonna do this is, uh, yeah, I'll just uh ask everyone the same question, and then I'll just have each one of you answer, and then I'm gonna tally up the scores. Um. And I'll switch up who I ask first. That way, no one's just listening to one person answer and guessing it that way. Oh, so you're not uh, going to make Nick and Adam go first, and I can just decide which answer I like more and just go with that? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm going to put, put everybody on the spot. But oh, it's, no, they're no, all no. multiple choice. So I grabbed these from a couple different websites that uh, Heather ended up giving me to uh, like go through and pick some questions. And let's see. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, 25 questions exactly. Oh, boy. All right. And yeah, so I'll start off with. Is this going to count against our final grade? Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll 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 debate that at the end of the show. Okay. Because <laughs> I really need good marks in order to get into college, man. So. <laughs> All right. Well, and, uh, unfortunately, Heather, I'm going to make you sweat because if if you don't win this, I got to find a new host. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Okay, Scott. I will, there will be a Royal Rumble-style event in which different co-hosts will battle, and the last person remaining in the proverbial ring will be the co-host. <laughs> yes. Scott, I will I will accept uh, dick pics or, and or cock shots as well, payment if I win. Scott's nudes. That's all you guys are getting. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm good to go. Yeah. Trust me, Adam. I, I've taken about 20 of them just to send you tonight. <laughs> oh, well, great. I bet it sounds like a porn shop that's located in an alley in the Bronx. Scott's <laughs> Scott's shots. I bet there's so much bush. <laughs> wow. And on that note, let's start this show. <laughs> um, so I'll go with uh, Heather. I'm going to start with you. Okay. Uh, softball question here. What classic horror movie features a serial killer in a William Shatner mask? The Fog, Halloween, Friday the 13th, or Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, man. Halloween? All right. Adam, and then Nick. Same question? Yep. Halloween. Did you say Adam and Nick, or Adam, then Nick? Adam, then Nick. <laughs> okay. Halloween. Yeah, I figure everyone will probably get this one. <laughs> I feel like I'm in the movie Scream. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you agree with Halloween? I gotta check the popcorn. <laughs> Man, do you agree with Halloween, Nick? I do agree with Halloween. All right. Uh, so let's move on to question number two. And this one, I will, uh, I will give this. There, yeah, a couple of these are. I'm gonna start kind of softball, and they're gonna kind of go up a little bit. It looks like. 
But uh, let's go with uh, you, Nick. Uh, in which okay. horror movie does the protagonist write a book that contains only the line, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, repeated over and over and over again? Writer's Block, The Ninth Gate, The Devil's Reign, or The Shining? The Shining. Quiet, boy. Do you want to get sued? <laughs> yeah. Um, Heather. Writer's Block. For sure. The Shining. <laughs> Can we get wrong answers just for fun? Um, Is that allowed? <laughs> sure, why not? Okay, well, I'll go the right. Shining. <laughs> and then Adam, yep, I'm guessing The Shining. <laughs> uh, yep, The Shining. All right, and then let's see. Get a little harder now, Scott. I'm trying to. Oh, hey, yo. <laughs> wait, wait a minute here. Wait a minute. <laughs> Well, you're coming up to Adam, so I just figured I help get the thing ready to go. You know, and coming up to Adam, it's spelled C U M M, and it would just be coming to Adam, not coming yeah. up. <laughs> or or, right. or, or right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but Adam, um, how many people associated with The Exorcist died during production? Three, six, nine, or twelve? <laughs> Really? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> Halloween and the shiny. They gotta give a fucking death count. I know. Uh, right? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm just gonna go with three. I have no idea, honestly. All right. Um, let's go with uh, Nick. Nick doesn't like your question. I guess not. <laughs> I'm gonna go with six. Six. Okay. Yeah, I have no clue either. <laughs> Six it seems like a good number. <laughs> and I'm going to say... Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I'm going to say seven. Sorry, my phone cut out for some reason. Oh, there's uh, three, six, nine, or twelve. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with nine. Nine? Yeah. Five. All right. You're gonna give You're going to give us all the answers at the end, right? Yeah. Well... I shouldn't have to give you the answers at all for the first two, but I was going to give the answers after each question. So, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. But, uh, yeah, this one was, there was nine. What the nine? fuck? Nine people yep. died? Oh, fuck. Ooh. Wow. Yep, now, this is what this trivia has given me, so if this ends up being wrong and there's other horror movie aficionados out there that know this, uh, don't blame me. Blame the website. Oh, my God. We're going <laughs> to get blasted on our face. Oh, you're going to get so much <laughs> You're going to get so much shit. Thanks a uh, lot, Scott. Um, uh, hello. Um... <laughs> I'm listening to your episode, and you were wrong. There was actually 10 because someone's dog died, and that counts. <laughs> Clearly, you are not a learned man of cinema. What, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Heather, up to you. Uh, what horror movie was the first movie? Oops, screen blanked. Movie to show a woman in just a bra and slip. Ooh. The Haunting, The Wax Museum, Bride of Frankenstein, or Psycho? I believe it was The Wax Museum. I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with that. All right. Uh, Adam. Wait, which Wax Museum? Uh, it just says The Wax Museum. What was it again? Psycho, Bride, Wax Museum, and what else? Then I changed uh, my answer. I you changed change my answer, answer to The Psycho. Okay. The Psycho? 
Yeah, that's I'm like, gonna, no. I'm going to go it's a, Haunting. It's a new movie. Haunting? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm going to go you know, Haunting. Asylum, no. The Psycho. <laughs> uh, Nick? I'm going to say Psycho. All right. Sorry, Adam, it was Psycho. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah, I knew they. I knew that. I knew Psycho was the first one to show a toilet flush on screen or whatever. I'm like, God, did they really do that? Fucking. <laughs> um, let's see, Nick. How many people? Okay, this could be an interesting one. How many people does Jason kill in the first Friday the Thirteenth film? Nine, thirteen, five, or zero? He doesn't kill anybody. It's Pamela Voorhees. Heather. Nine. I saw that movie fucking 15 times. He killed nine people. You know, scream? <laughs> anyway, zero. Um... <laughs> zero. Zero. <laughs> All right. Yep. The answer is zero because it wasn't Jason. <laughs> oh, I'm going to die. Fuck my life. <laughs> my boyfriend's outside getting gutted. I got to run through the fucking trees. It's going to be great. Man, this, this got dark. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it was the question that was asked in Scream, was it not? I, it they, was. Who knows? Who was the original killer in yeah, Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah. Well, and speaking of Scream, uh, Adam, in Scream, Ooh. what is rule number one on Randy's list of rules for surviving a horror movie? Don't go outside alone. Don't say I'll be right back. Don't drink or do drugs, or don't have sex. Don't have sex. All right, Heather. Um, well, all those rules kind of suck, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's don't have sex. I'm going to go with what Adam said. All right, Nick. I'm going to say don't say I'll be right back. All right. Well, the answer was don't have sex. Oh. Because uh, I'll be right back. I think it was the very last one. It was the said. third. Yeah, because the one no, that was sex in the champagne room. There's yeah. <laughs> there's champagne in the champagne room. <laughs> I swear, if that's not on the on the soundtrack to Spiral from the Book of Saw, I'm gonna be really pissed. You're gonna walk out of the theater. <laughs> I know. Exactly. If, if we're back in no. theaters by then. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I think it is back to you now, Heather. So. What horror movie required the purchase of 500 Florida frogs and 100 giant South African toads? Creature from the Black Lagoon, Pet Cemetery, The Frogs, or Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Motherfucking frogs. Saw that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adam. Frogs. And Nick. Leonard Part 6. Yes, no. Leonard Part 6. <laughs> uh, frog. All right, yep, it was the frogs. Uh, Adam, mm -hmm. what horror movie mm -hmm. features a serial killer wearing a mask inspired by an Edvard Munch painting? The Man in the Black Suit, Scream, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, or Halloween? Well, hmm. <laughs> I'm not holy. It's Scream, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick. Scream. Heather. I agree with these gentlemen. It is Scream. It absolutely is. Yeah, these are uh, not very hard yet, are they? <laughs> <laughs> well, except for that Exorcist one. 
Yeah, what the <laughs> fuck is that shit? Question. Does anybody know what Scream was originally titled? The sc- oh, oh the- scary movie. Oh. Yeah. It was originally titled yeah. Scary Movie. Yep. Adam's getting double the nudes tonight. <laughs> Scott's going to send me goat say pictures. All right, let's go. You know you love it. <laughs> All right, uh, Nick. What horror movie yeah. caused some theaters to suggest patrons prone to motion sickness sit in the aisle seats? Friday the 13th, Part 3, 3D, Vertigo, Mimic, or The Blair Witch Project? Hmm. That's a, that's a, those are four good possibles, to be honest. That's a little, that's a little difficult. Vertigo. All right. Um, Heather. I pretty sure I remember this being about Blair Witch. All right. And Adam. I agree. I think it's a Blair Witch. Yep. It was the Blair Witch. Ah. All right. Uh, I think it's back to Heather now. In Poltergeist, what grabs Robbie Freeling through his bedroom window? A clown, an Indian, a tree, a water hose. Oh, shit. Through his bedroom window. Um, I'm going to go with a tree. (laughs) All right. Uh, Adam. It's a tree. Is that a tree? Yeah, he's a tree. I yeah, it's a tree. A tree. tree. Oh, you cut tree. out on my end. It's a um, tree. Then Nick, you said tree too? Yep. Yep, it's a tree. All right. Uh, Who's watching what in the background? That's all I can hear on my end. Oh, that might be me. Hold on. That's okay. No, that's okay. I'm hearing what, I, what sounds like it could be General Patton. <laughs> 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 no, it's Family Guy. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> you know what's hilarious is that is that the the I, I was talking so much about Bill Cosby and then the episode opens up and they open up with the fake Bill Co- the Cosby Show opening. Oh, Ooh. nice. <laughs> All Terrible. right. Uh, this could be a little bit of a difficult one, uh, Adam. What the fuck? How much? <laughs> <laughs> it's because I love you, baby. Um, <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> uh, how much screen time does Freddy Krueger get in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street movie oh my god <laughs> three and a half minutes 21 minutes 14 minutes or 7 minutes uh, 14 minutes alright uh, Nick I'm going to say 21 and Heather. 21. You are all wrong. Seven minutes. Seven minutes in heaven. Interesting. Was it really only seven minutes? Yep. Wow. Hmm. What do you say? And then Heather. Adam's going to be so pissed. Where does Friday the 13th take place? Camp Crystal Lake, Camp Crescent Lake, Camp Kikiwaka, or Camp Clear Lake? Camp, what was the other one? What was the second one? Not Crystal Lake. What did you say the second one was? Camp Crescent Lake, and then there's Camp Lake. (laughs) And then the target version of of Friday the 13th. Um, Camp Crystal Lake. That's not even a fair question. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) 
Uh, Adam. <laughs> oh my god. I'm just gonna give you uh, the right answer because I know you're gonna say it. Hey, hey! I don't know what any of you are talking about. I only know it is Camp Forest Green. Okay. So, <laughs> nice. you know, I mean, like, you know, I don't know about this Camp Crystal Lake business. Nonsense. We need to forget about Camp Crystal Lake. It needs to be Forest Green from here on out. <laughs> exactly. You got to you gotta look at Jason and, and that, that wonderful picture he took in the newspaper. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm guessing everybody went Crystal Lake on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'll move on to the next question. Uh, this one will be for you, Nick. What right. is the name of the apartment building Guy and Rosemary move into in Rosemary's Baby? God. The Brodsky, the Branson, the Bramford, or the Broxworth? What? Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, uh, repeat the choices again. Oops, sorry. I want to mute. Uh, the Brodsky. The Branson, the Bramford, or the Brockworth? Why do they all sound like sausage choices? <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> <laughs> like they all, um, I'm going to go with the Brotsky. Because I have right. no idea. Uh, Heather. I don't fucking know. The Branson. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> and Adam. <laughs> I'm here. No, I'm here. I had to, my audio went out. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, it was one of them. The Bradford was that one of those? Uh, there is the Brodsky, the Branson, the Bramford, and the Brockworth. I go with the Bramford, I guess. All right, Adam, you got that one. Motherfucker. <laughs> good. Good. So you gave me goddamn math. You gave me math questions. <laughs> Hey, we're talking about I love you. Here's some calculus, fucker. <laughs> How many drops of blood? Drops. <laughs> I'm fully oh. expecting that next. Yeah, let's see. Uh, okay, this is a softball question, so uh, I think we're on to Adam now. Okay. Uh, which room does Dick Holleran tell Danny to stay away from in The Shining? Room 119? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I just can't get that one. I say everybody gets a point there. <laughs> and let's see. So, yep. Point there. Point there. There. All right. Uh, Heather. Uh, whose skin does Kirsty wear in Hellbound Hellraiser 2? Julia's, Tiffany's, Frank's, or Larry's? <laughs> Julia's. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's Julia's. Now I'm all confused. I think it's Julia's. Uh, Nick. Frank. All right. It was Julia's. Uh, was there a Larry? I'm like, there I'm trying was. to. <laughs> there that sure was. was. That's like, uh, that, that, that's like uh, oh, well, Gerard. Oh, well, who the fuck's Gerard? <laughs> it's, it's, I'm <laughs> all, right. Oh. all right, Nick, it's uh, your turn again. Uh, right. What was what was Pinhead's human name? 
Oh, uh, man. Is, is there multiple choice on this one or no? Oh, yep. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, oh, no, uh, I know it. I know it. I'm like, it's not going to be good choices. <laughs> uh, there's Elliot, Winston, Gerald, or Duncan. Elliot. Uh, Heather. Elliot. Adam. Uh, to be 100% accurate, it's Captain Elliot Spencer. Hey, <laughs> 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 Yes, you all got it right. Uh, good. I'm glad I have your smart ass on here, Adam. Yeah, you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one will be Heather. What does the Native American shaman give Steve in Poltergeist 2? Power of smoke, power of stone, power of earth, or power of dreams? <laughs> Captain oh Planet. Jesus. <laughs> I have no idea. Smoke. He gets the power of smoke. <laughs> uh, Adam. He's power of Earth, isn't it? Uh, Nick. The power of water. Uh, stone, Earth, Heart. dreams. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the power of Earth. All right. Um, oh, Heather, you, won, you got the point on that one. Power of smoke. I did. Yeah. I didn't. I've never even seen Poltergeist. <laughs> so just wait a minute. So just some random fucking Indian guy showed up and gave him weed. Like, is, 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 what the fuck is you have this? Power this too? <laughs> <laughs> you go. This will keep away your demons. And make you feel like you. <laughs> Best movie ever. Oh man, that's like Tom Chong in Color Out of Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, how was it? Uh, Adam, what classic yes. horror movie was originally titled The Babysitter Murders? <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, or Rosemary's Baby? Halloween. Nick? Let's see. Um, hmm. Halloween. Heather? Your mama? No. It, oh. uh... <laughs> Halloween, sorry. Damn. I, I'm just Damn. <laughs> See, this is the type of crap I get. This is my this is my co-host, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Dude, your mom's hot. It's okay. Is it the babysitter's <laughs> club? <laughs> yes. Babysitter's <laughs> club. <laughs> All right. And, uh, Nick, I think this one is for you. Uh, this is, what is the name of the camp from Sleepaway Camp? Camp Licolata? Camp <laughs> Fish Banaba, <laughs> Camp Arawak, or Jerry Bory. What? Okay. What? Okay. Um, I, I kind of want to go to Camp Licolata. I <laughs> <laughs> you do. <laughs> no, don't do it, man. Tila Tequila re- runs it now. <laughs> I, um, I think I'll take my chances. Uh, uh, t- 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 uh, uh, Camp Wickawack or, or whatever. Oh, Arawak? Arawak, there you go. Alright, Heather. Yeah, same one he said. Uh, Adam. Camp Arawak. Yep, it is Camp Arawak. Alright, Heather. Um, Let's see what we got here. Haha, <laughs> you are a huge fan of Scream, so this will be a test. <laughs> what? Hey, Scott! Ha-ha! Yes. Ha-ha! <laughs> As I put my finger in the air as well. Ha-ha! 
My diagnosis damaging. <laughs> oh, I need another beer. Holy crap. Uh, but no yeah, no coronas. <laughs> what are you talking about? Your bitch ass is drinking white claws. Don't even pretend nope. that you're drinking beer. <laughs> I'm drinking ciders tonight. I'm actually drinking Angry Orchards. All right, all right. Uh, but Heather, uh, what is Randy's favorite scary movie from Scream? Oh, shit, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, I know. I know this without. I, I know this without uh, the multiple choice. I think. Happy birthday to me. Showgirls. April Fool's Day. Or hardcore. Showgirls. All right, Adam. Showgirls. Nick. Girl show. Showgirls. Girl show. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. yeah Showgirls. Girl show. All right, uh, Adam. What is the name of Leatherface's family? Sawyer, Hooper, Sawyer. Henkel, or Klein? Sawyer. Uh, Nick. Well, okay, actually. Um, it's been multiple. They they've had both the Sawyer and Hewitt. Um, oh yeah, with the remakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and I mean, the canon's so screwed up. Who can really tell? Right. So um. Fair. Yeah. So I'm. I'll, uh. Yeah. I'll say Hewitt. Or not. Or <laughs> the, the Sawyer. Sawyer. Uh, Heather. Sorry, what were the options? Uh, Sawyer, Hooper, Henkel, or Klein? Sawyer. All right. Yep, Sawyer it is. Although I think they would have been much calmer people had they been named Klein. Um, yeah, probably. Because I don't think I don't think somebody would eat you that's that's named Klein. I mean, I might. It depends on if they're fucking each other or not. I'm guessing because I'm assuming that's what they were all doing. Yeah. I don't. I don't know that. I don't, I don't know that your surname. Kevin matters so much if you're cannibal inbred. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Kevin Klein might be a fucking cannibal. We don't know. That is true. I don't want to speculate here, but you heard it here first, folks. Dun dun. dun. Um. Kevin right. Klein eats Phoebe Cates' face. <laughs> I believe this one is on. Uh, Nick's, so, or wait, no, yeah, yep. So, which of these is not a George A. Romero film? Dawn of the Dead, Return of the Living Dead, The Crazies, or Bruiser? Return of the Living Dead. Heather. Return of the Living Dead. Adam. Return of the Living <laughs> Dead. Do you want a party? All right. Uh, I think we are on the last question because I threw two of them out because we pretty much already answered them in other questions. Uh, so, finish the quote. Long live. Your choices are the new king, the new flesh, the new chief, the savage new times. Heather. The flesh. Adam. The flesh. And Nick. Long live Charmin Ultra Strong. Yeah! Yeah! In the flash. All right. So, yes, that is the end of the questions. Because, yeah, the other ones were, who was the killer in Friday the 13th? And then, what was uh, Pinhead's real name? Which we already covered both of those. 
So who's Ooh, getting the nude, we, Scott? Who's getting the yeah, nude? Who won? Who won? Who Let me won? see. I'm telling it up right now. Who's going to be refreshing their DMs? If I lose, it's because he. I, I swear to God, I'm the only one who got the fucking math questions right off the bat. <laughs> I know you got the most. I get like, Sal, where was Friday the 13th film? You're like, so when the. So episode... uh, the guy was wearing a. He was wearing a William Shatter mask, and it took place on a holiday where you wear masks. What movie was it? <laughs> to be fair, that all of you guys got the same question. So, hey, what was the mileage on the grip car? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All How right. How many times in the entire series has Freddy Krueger said "bitch"? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my mind just broke. <laughs> All right, the tallies are up. Uh, Heather, you got twenty-four. Oh wow! Adam, you you got twenty-three. Oh. And Nick, <laughs> you got twenty-two. Heather, Woo! you stay my co-host, and you get my dude. <laughs> can I just stay your co-host? Like the guys can get the pictures. That's I, no, no, I, that I, was I, the deal. I have the a collection. I oh. have a collection. It's okay. <laughs> and that that was the deal, Heather. You said the winner gets the nudes. So I think the winner is going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> you love it, and you know it. <laughs> oh, I do. It's good times. <laughs> It was good time. Oh, yeah. Thanks for uh, doing this with us, guys. That was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Oh, man. Now I, now I want to compile a list of trivia questions and, and do this again. Yeah, make them good, though. I will make them hard as fuck. Yeah. I actually got something I want to run by you guys after uh, after we didn't done recording here. I think it could be fun. Oh, nice. sure. Uh, so, yeah, let's... uh. Go ahead and wrap this up. And yep, I'll say, uh, Nick, go ahead and uh, plug uh, everything that you're doing and where people can find you. All right. Uh, well, you can find me on Facebook if you can find me on Facebook. Um, uh, I also just start or just uh, had a, a nice little role in a little indie horror movie called The Once in Future Smash with uh, with my fiance. Um, that also stars uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD as Bill Whedon and uh, Michael St. Michaels from The Greasy Strangler, among nice. other people. And, um, yeah, uh, you, you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, The Once in Future Smash. And, um, yeah, I'm working on some cool stuff and hope to have some news for everybody soon. Awesome. Uh, Adam. Uh, you can find me, Double Edge Double Bill, on Facebook, slash Podbean, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. We're part of uh, the ESO network, so you can find us also on their feed. Uh, and as far as social media presence, I don't really have much. I have my own personal uh, Facebook page, but I'm going to extend it out on here as I did on my own show. With the trying times, if you need someone to talk to, go ahead and shoot me a message. I will talk to you. I promise that. So don't ever feel like you're going through anything alone. Uh, I'm. I will always listen and always respond, no matter the uh, question or situation. And he will send some sexy nudes. I absolutely will not send sexy nudes. <laughs> uh, but you you will get a lot of feet pics 
and awkward uh, nipple shots. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, and Heather, uh, should we just, uh, you want me to just do the plug then? Um, I'll do the plug, Scott. Okay. Um, you can find us on here because you're, if you're listening to this, you're listening to Kill the Cast banner and our other shows are there. So please listen. As well as we are on another show called It's Not Horror, okay, where Scott and I act even more inappropriately than we did tonight um, <laughs> with Android Vision, uh, Venom, and Nudie. Uh, Venom, respectively, from A Billion Podcasts, but mostly uh, most people know him from No More Room in Hell and In the Mic of Madness, and Nudie from NFW. And Scott's been getting around a lot, so maybe he can talk about his guest spots. Oh, yeah, I've been a podcasting whore. Um, but a lot of our guest spots have actually been together. Um, that is true. But we'd, uh, recently done the, uh, we joined the guys on the horror returns podcast and we did, uh, the movies from 1983 part two, which was a lot of fun. Um, what did, uh, we recorded, did we record anything this weekend? I'm trying, my days are blurry. We were on the rotten round, uh, rotten round table. Yes, the Rotten Round Table for the horror cast with Mark Nato and uh, Tammy Turner and uh, the Landinator. Um, and then, yeah, I was also on the March Madness episode of The Horror Returns. Um, and you and I also have a guest spot coming up this uh, weekend for the Bay of Blood podcast. And it's going to be uh, all Canadian horror. And, and No More Room in Hell on Sunday. Yep, I was just about to say, and No More Room in Hell on Sunday. Uh, so yeah, uh, thank you all for joining us and yeah, this is just going to be a random fun bonus episode that we wanted to put out to everybody. So I hope you enjoy it and, uh, unpleasant dreams.